this word. We give you all the glory. We thank you for your faithfulness, for your loving kindness, your tender message. We know that you have a plan for us. Even in this right moment, we are expectant, O oh Lord, for what you're going to do. We pray that our expectation will not be cut short. That through this time in your presence, every area of our need that needs your hands of touch, your love, your attention, you would cooperate into our lives, O oh Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you, O oh Lord, because our heart, you see that we should open our mouth wide open and you'll feel it. Lord, we, we come with mouth wide open, O oh Lord, trusting that you'll feel it, O oh Lord, because you are good and you are God, O oh Lord. But we trust you for your loving kindness. I will grow deeper in you. We pray that. Lord Almighty God, that you take total control of what I'm going to share. It won't be my wisdom, it won't be my intellect, it won't be anything to do with me, but all to your glory. In, in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. 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 So that demonstration was just to illustrate Isaiah 43, verse 19, which is what we're going to be looking at today. I know we all know that word, you know, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it's just springful. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I, what I wanted to do, that word has just been ringing so deeply into my spirit, and I felt like God wanted us to go deeper into it. And the Bible says that when God spoke, once he has spoken, twice have we've heard. So when he speaks multiple times, it's certain that God wants to do something. So I'm expectant, I'm, I'm excited. You know, when I held that, that plant, that, that, you know, leaf, you could only see that leaf, right? Because we're focused on that leaf, ideally, you know. But when I, um, the other thing that I was holding on, if you get that participate properly, you wouldn't have been able to obsess it, you know? Because sometimes when we fix our focus on something, when we behold something, we only see that thing. Our focus becomes so minute, it becomes so myopic, it's centered on, on that thing. And it just to illustrate how important what we behold is. You know, before God says that he's going to do anything from that Isaiah 43, right? We know that he's going to do anything. God says he's going to do anything. And we're all expecting for a new thing. I think everybody is just like, God, new thing, new thing, my new thing, you know. And, and that is to be expected because God says that he will fill our, heart, our mouth if we open it wide. He said that he wants to do something for us. But what precedes the new thing is behold. You know, often we will jump over that quickly, behold, I'll do anything, you know, and jump into the behold. But pace yourself, what precedes the new thing? Behold. God says we should behold. What are we beholding? Because what we behold is important. By seeing my hand, if I was to give you what you saw, you could only see a, a leaf. But if I now told you to look at me, when I told you to look at me, you could see what was in my hand, right? So what we are beholding, what we are beholding is important because it, it causes, it helps, it's, it, is, it kind of leads to what we receive. What we keep your attention on, are you focusing on a new thing that God has promised? Because if that is the situation, then in a way we are limiting it. Because those new things, whatever it may be, they are finite, right? They are limited. Whatever it is you are believing God for, is it a, you know, is it a, a, a job? The job will come, but it ends at some point. Whatever it is, is it a spouse? The spouse will come. But life goes on, you know, growth happens. The person might, at one point will leave. But God is infinite. It's, it's infinite, it's bottomless, it's endless. So when we, God says behold, he's calling us to behold him. God is faithful, he won't taunt us. He won't dangle something before us, oh, I'm gonna do a new thing. Because the truth is, whatever, no matter what it is that you are looking for and asking him for, it's not as important as who is giving it to you. Is it the gift that you're more interested on or is it the gift, that gift um, the giver of the gift? Because if you're looking at the giver of the gift, I can tell you, you experience so many more new things than just that one thing. 
And I think that is that was a revelation that like tripping that often you know when God says I will do whatever it is, let me let me put in in the, maybe for me at a stage in my life I was looking for I was trying to get married. So when he when he did that, that was it that was the marriage. I mean I can't get married more than that. But it didn't mean that I didn't need other things, right? I still need I wanted children, I wanted a home, I wanted a happy marriage, I, I, I don't, there were so many things. You know, so to, to look at one thing and behold one thing, you know, is, a, is detriment to our faith. Because what we need to focus on is the almighty God that holds all things. He holds all the new things you will ever need throughout the generation of your life. Is it health? He holds it. Is it wealth? He holds it. Is it healing? He holds it. Is it supernatural breakthrough? He holds it. Is it peace of mind? He holds it. So why focus on just that one thing? I know the thing about what we focus on. It, it becomes what we give our attention to. It has a way of just taking away and taking everything in our life. You know, so I, I want us to shift that focus because what we focus on, what we look onto, what we put our attention to determines what we receive. Do you just want to receive that one thing in his hand? When he says that with him at the treasures of heaven, it's like having only in the ocean, right? And all we do is carry a bucket of a bucket and just take a bucket full of the ocean. I mean, yes, the bucket can help or it can last for a, um, a duration of time. Right? The bucket might fill your like test, assuming that we can drink the water of the ocean. So don't try and be logical about that. The bucket will meet a need. In the bucket, also, you might find some fishes that might need. But imagine the ocean. The ocean is bottomless, it's endless. You hold the ocean. In that ocean, you will find treasure. In that ocean, you find find sustenance. You find food. You find provision. You find everything you need to live a fruitful life. But yet, we are so consumed by the bucket that we've taken. Isn't that that doesn't balance? As we will say, it, it makes no sense. It doesn't balance. You know. So I, I want us to take our eyes away from just the new thing that God is going to do. To beholding Him, because that determines how everything else unfolds in our life. And if we look at what does behold mean, I said digging deep into that word behold. He says to behold means to look at him. Isaiah 45 verse 22 says, look to me and be saved all you hands of the earth, for I am the God and there is no other. When we look at him, I would also look through him. Because often as Christians, we look at God for what we want. So we are really looking through him. I don't know if you go to if you go to a restaurant and the waiter is coming, you've been hungry and you're wanting something, and the waiter is coming. Can any of us tell? Can you tell me that you know what the waiter looks like? No, you're more interested in like I don't know if it, if it's me. I'm more interested in what the waiter has in their hand, like all my food, and just just bring it. The waiter can look whatever as long as you're presentable. So I'm really looking through the waiter to my food. But God is more than that. He's not a waiter. He's not a waiter. He's not a magician. He's not. A, you know, he's beyond. He's a loving father. He's faithful. He's loving. He, you know, he has, he has so much in store for us. There's so many new things with him. So you know, that's what it, it means. To behold means to look at him, not through him to our gift. To behold means that we must see him. You know, so that we can build our faith by seeing him. Your faith, faith is built. You remember the story of Peter, right? In Matthew chapter 14, verse 26 to 31. When Peter saw Jesus walking on water, he wanted to do that. So he beheld Jesus and said, Jesus, yes, me too, I want to do this. I want to experience this supernatural. And Jesus said, yeah, 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 come on, come on, water. So he was looking at Jesus and he did the whole impossible thing. I don't think anyone else has ever walked on water other than Jesus and Peter. And he walked and took a couple of steps. 
because he had his eyes focused on Jesus. But when he shifted his gaze to the storm around him, what happened? Did he start flying? He said sinking, right? Because when we when we're not seeing God, we are then seeing every other issue around us. You're seeing that thing that's causing you to want that new thing. You're seeing maybe the problem in your life that's overwhelming you. And you begin to sink because the truth is we are visual people. You know, what are you focusing your eyes on? If you're not focusing it on Jesus, I can guarantee you, and it's a match that always, you know, plays out. We will sink with the issues of our life if we are not focused on Jesus. And that's not what the plan of the Father is for us. He says he's doing a new thing. He doesn't want us to sink, you know. Another thing that, another meaning of behold is to listen carefully to what he's saying. The, the Bible, which I always, the, one of my favorite Bible passage, it says Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Because when we do what, what we see the Father do, it means we won't get it wrong. And if you remember the story of when Jesus Christ raised Lazarus, Jesus Christ could have gone once he heard Lazarus was, and we know that he was affectionate, he had a relationship with Lazarus, and he didn't want Lazarus to die. So he could have gone, and, but he heard what the father said, the father probably told him, stay. So four days later, after Lazarus was dead, before he came back, but by obeying and seeing what the father was doing in that moment, he was able to do something supernatural. It, he had already brought a dead person to life, the boy, the, the, the son of the widow. I mean, the, the prophet had done all of that. We, they'd experienced the dead coming to, to life. But no one had ever experienced before that moment of Lazarus. Someone died and dead and rotting in the grave. You know, four days later, that corpse is already started degenerating and smelling it, you know. But they experienced something new. Because Jesus, did, you know, saw and listened to what the Father was doing. So don't be in a hurry to get to what God is telling you to do. You know, see what he's doing. Listen carefully to what he's saying because that new thing is not just for us. It's for all the world around us, people that are around us. It's even for your children and your descendants. I always pray the prayer. Whatever I'm praying for my children now, I connect it to my descendants to where Jesus Christ come. Because that new thing will, not, will go beyond you. You know, and that is our portion in Jesus' mighty name. Another thing that behold means is that we are to watch for what God is doing. You know, if you look at the story of when Jesus Christ was about to be crucified, he took his disciples, the three, you know, um, personal disciples, on a, on a journey with him. But because they were sleeping, they weren't watching, they weren't alert. When that time or that moment of persecution came, what did they do? They all fled, right? Was anyone with Jesus Christ? Yes, they were maybe going at a distance, you know, monitoring. But because they were not watching and praying, they were not looking on Jesus Christ. Remember that Jesus was also there praying for himself with tears, the blood of tears and all of that. But the disciples were sleeping. So they were fortified to experience the challenges. They were not fortified to experience the attack. They were not fortified to experience that time that God, you know, Jesus Christ really needed, needed them. So it's very important that we look up we look unto God we do not get ourselves distracted we should watch and pray and the last part of that behold before we get jump to the other part is to be alert and to be present you know again it ties into what just what we've said to be alert and present is very important the enemy is roaring he's walking about looking forward to devour but the one whose eyes is stayed on Jesus cannot be devoured the one whose eyes is stayed on Jesus is alert to understand that that, that root might lead to destruction. Jonathan, the one whose eyes stayed on Jesus Christ knows what the father, you know, knows what the path he or she needs to take. 
So that is why it's important for us to be old. Because when we behold him, we're looking at him, we're seeing him, we're listening carefully to what, carefully to what he has said and what he is saying. We're watching for what God is doing. And also we're being alert and present for when the time unfolds. You know? Another Bible, um, another part of the of that Isaiah 43 verse 10 that, I, I, that we're going to look at. We're not going to look at everything because I feel like we've gone so deep within, we've gone into that word so often. But I'm looking at the ones that we've not, you know, those words that we've not really dig in, dug into. And I feel like that's what God wants because there is an eating treasure in them. When he says that I will do, it means that it is God who is doing. Mm. Let's be mindful, not man that is doing. He says, behold, I will do. And I love it when God personalizes it. It means no one can take it away. When says God says, I will do, it's not by might, it's not by power. It's by his spirit. So it's encouraging because when God has told us once, twice, told three times, four times, over and over and over, we are in the fifth month right now, and he's just saying the same thing. He wants to do a new thing. I'm doing. But that I will do means that he's the one that wants to do it. And what does that mean? It means that he wants to create for us something that no one else has created before. So what is that thing that you want to do? What is that thing that you put your hand to do? He wants to do it for you. That is, it means that it's forming for you a life that you've never even begun to believe or imagine. That is what he says that he wants to do. It means that he's bringing into, into being all those secret prayers that no one else knows, those heart cries that no one else knows, that only you pray to him. He says that that's what he wants to do. It means that he wants to perform a miracle just for you and her. I don't know about you, but I know I'm ready for a miracle. I know I'm ready for a breakthrough. Like my spirit, my soul, my body, my mind, my everything is ready for that breakthrough. Amen. I'm in anticipation. So when he says that I will do it, it means that he's about to execute it. He's about to accomplish it. You know, that thing that he has started, but you know, you know it, leaves, it seems like it's incomplete. God is about to finish it. He's about to complete it. It means that he's about to pave a way of breakthrough in our life that we've never imagined. When he says that he will do, it means he's about to deal with that situation. What is that situation that's been dealing with you? God wants to do it. Amen. You know, it means that when God says that I will do, it means that he wants to be the fixer of your life. Amen. You know, there was a TV show that I used to watch. I can't remember what the next scandal, I think. And there was, she was basically a fixer. So whenever the wealthy people had problems, she would come in and fix it. And like, it would be like they never had a problem. I need Jesus to fix situations in my life. I know that each and every single one of us needs some things that need to be fixing. That is what God wants to do. He wants to be our fixer. He wants to clean up whatever situation, whatever mess that we've even found ourselves. Because sometimes the situation of breakthrough is because we've put ourselves in the negative. And so we are looking for God, please just save me from me. You know? So God wants to clean every situation. He wants to arrange things for us so that no one can disarrange it again. And I'm excited by that. I'm excited about that because it also means that he wants to move mountain for me. When I, when I received that, I was like, yes, God. That thing, you know there's some situation that you have been consistent. Consistent in your life, unshakable, that looks like it's been unshakable and unmovable. Everything else is going fine. But that one thing just seems like a rock, a mountain. Just like, it seems like an unmovable mountain. God wants to move it. Amen. He wants to do that. Is it? And it's going to cause it. It's going to bring about it so that it will affect all areas. That is why we cannot look just at one, that one gift. We have to look, behold the giver of the gift because it's going to affect every area of our life. It's going, it's going to affect us spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, every kind of illy. It's going to affect it. So you have to be expectant. And I love that God is not a God that is not a God that does things in limitation. It's not limited. Is of is is abundance in his miracles. Is abundance in what he can do. You know, 
the story of Abraham and Sarah when they were looking for a child. Instead of waiting for God to do what he said he would do in their life, what did they do? They fixed it. They did it. And we saw the mess. And we're still experiencing the mess. You know? I don't think, I think looking at that lesson, we understand that we cannot hurry God. You know? There are some things that require certain time. And I'm beginning to understand that because there is a delay doesn't mean there's a de denial. And it doesn't mean that God, even that delay, God is using it for his good in our lives. You know, when he talks about a new thing, I'm not going to go in, try to go into that. Just, just be expectant. Because he's going to do a new thing that even you don't know what, he's gonna, what that new thing is. You know, there's some things that we, we need that we don't even know. Until it comes and you're like, oof, I didn't know I needed that, but thank you, Jesus, for bringing that. And, and that will be the testimony of our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Because it will be something that is happening, you know, quickly going on. Now. It says, Behold, I'll do it now. That word now. It will do a new thing. Now. Now stood out to me. And I felt God saying that there's a power in now. Often we are living in the new thing, which is in the future. Your expectation, your expecting, your wanting, your desiring. So you're, you're really existing in that space of the new thing, which is often in the future. But God's saying now, now is what he wants us to start experiencing. Because before that thing is birthed, there's some things that it needs to be working in our life now. And sometimes we are so maybe, we are keeping our faith or we are push, pushing our faith for the future. Okay, I'm going to do, I'm going to trust God in the same time. God wants us to have that faith now. That he's going to do it now. You know, what God's now and how now is totally different. There's a power in now. Each of now is a gift. Some people woke up this morning and at 12 o'clock, they probably plan, maybe they'll go for brunch or they'll go and do something. They made a plan. But unfortunately, life happened that some won't be having that opportunity to experience this now that we are. So when God has given us now, understand that it's a gift. Because he's walking. You know, miracles, the Bible says that, um, that so shall it be on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven is manifesting itself in our now. It's just a matter of time before we see it in our future, in our life, in our existence. So I appreciate that God is doing something now. That breakthrough has started now. It's not for later. You know, don't keep it and don't post it for later because it's a gift. It's, a, it's, it's working for our future. It's working already. You know, everything that ever was created started with someone having an, an idea of what they want to do now, in that their moment of now. And I, like if you look at Rome, you said Rome wasn't built in a day, yes. Well, the concept of Rome bettered the vision, the reality of Rome, right? Which means at one point in that person, in the builder's existence, they believed that it was going to happen. That moment of understanding and believing is so important. Let that be your now. Let that be now. That time of conceiving what God wants to do. Stop imagining it now. Maybe you've paused and you say, okay, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to believe it God for another time. Now is the gift that God is giving to us. And the next word that we're looking at, or the phrase that we're looking at, it says, now it shall spring forth. And this one excites me. Every time I hear it, I always get excited. It said, it shall spring forth. When, you, when I hear spring forth, it means God is doing something that will come about in our life that from, from nowhere. It will happen suddenly. The story of, um, in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, I'm going to read it really quickly. You know, the king of, of Edom and his troops joined, them, joined together with the king of um, Judah and Israel. And all three of the armies traveled along a roundabout route through the wilderness for seven days. 
but there was no water for the men or the animals. So they were walking around the wilderness without no water. But he now says in verse 16, it says, and he said, this is what the Lord says. So they, they cried out, they, was, they needed water, and they, 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 they reached out to a prophet. And the prophet now said that this is what the Lord says. This dry valley will be filled with pools of water. You will see neither wind nor rain, says the Lord, but the valley will be filled with water. I am sure there are some areas of our life which are like valley that needs to be filled with water. Amen. You know, and God was about to do that. He said that you will, you will have plenty for yourself and your cattle and your other animals. Now, what happened? So after the word of God, see the next day at about the time when the morning sacrifice was offered, water suddenly appeared from like nowhere. They were in the wilderness for seven days, for seven days dry. But when God gave a word of promise, suddenly it sprung forth. It means that when God is saying something, when he said that it shall spring forth, it shall happen so suddenly from where you are here. Next thing you're there in the promise. So be expectant. You said our Heavenly Father will release us from every constrained position that we've been. That is what it means that it shall spring forth. When it says it shall spring forth, it means that it will issue us, it will bring us suddenly into every form of blessing that we are trusting him for. It means that the Lord will bring us forward into a time and a, a, a time of our breakthrough. You know, when it says it will spring forth, it means that God is taking us away from every kind of concealment in action and it's causing us to bring it's bringing us into view and, and consideration. So be expectant when God says it shall spring forth, be expectant because it can happen anytime. You can be going down the road one day, you know, just randomly, as, as you do every other time. And that breakthrough just comes. God is going to do it in a way that we do not anticipate. So that always brings me encouragement because it puts me in a place of expectation that it can happen anytime. It can happen anytime. But the next verse, or the next um, part of the, the verse says, shall you not know it? That sounds, that, that, that has a cautionary tone to it. Shall you not know it? Because God can be doing something and we can miss it. And our prayer is that we will not miss it in Jesus' name. It's very important to understand that God can walk, but if you're not walking with him, you know, unless he just wants a breakthrough for you, we can be the one to stop our breakthrough of ignorance, because of ignorance. And our prayer is that God, that will not be our portion in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You know, Jesus Christ knew what the Father was doing. I go back to that because that was essential. That point is so important. Jesus didn't know what the Father was doing just because he was God on earth. He was man like you and I. He was human. But he had the Holy Spirit. It is through the Holy Spirit that we understand what God is doing. So it's very important that we walk closely with what the Holy Spirit's leadership. As Christians, we are not supposed to just walk unled by Christ. We cannot be unled by his Spirit. Oh no, we won't know it. We won't know it when that time of our breakthrough comes. At the time of our, our time of our breakthrough can be covered, can be packaged in something that looks like a field, but really it's it, it, it's a, it's a treasure, it's a gem, you know, covered in something. It's like being given a rock, and you think, oh, what is this rock? It just looks filthy, and you throw it on the side. But the person that understands that knows what a rock is, will take that rock, break away all the you know the the. What is it called? The pebbles and the dirt around that rock, and discover there's a treasure within that rock, because they know they know what they are looking out for. So it's important when God says that, shall you not know? It is asking that, are you going to be aware, or are you going to be ignorant? Are you going to be in tune with your Holy Spirit? And you know, Bible says that it doesn't do anything without telling His children. We are His prophet. God doesn't do anything without telling us. Are you listening to what God is saying? Are you in tune with the Holy Spirit? Because that's the only way that we can know we can miss it. And
And I pray that we will not miss what God is doing in Jesus' mighty name. And I go quickly, you know, the other path that I want us to look at is, I'll just bring them together. It says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, when we look at the concept of what a wilderness is, a wilderness represents wasteland, an area of no productivity. It's an area of difficulty, a place where it, that is just desolate and, and, and just unproductive. That's a wilderness. And I went looking for what a wilderness was. It has no clear path. It's just chaotic and confusing. You can take the love, you can take a tone that looks right and you end up into a dangerous environment. But God's saying that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. And we already know he's a way maker. We, well, we sing it. We have an idea and we've seen him make ways in our life. But now you're saying like that, what area have you found yourself in wilderness? Sometimes we, 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 walk, we all go through a wilderness experience, just like the children of Israel. Like, and we don't know whether we're, how to turn to the left, we don't know whether to turn to the right, we just don't know whether it's in front, we don't know the back. So it's so uncertain. It's, you, you just, I don't know, I, there was a time where I was in such a crossroad that I just, I didn't know what to do. You know, a moment like that, you need God to make a way. And that's what he's saying, he said he will make a way in the wilderness. And rivers in the desert. We all know what a desert represents. It's infertile, it's sterile, it's unproductive, it's lonely, it's bare. Sometimes we go through life areas in our life where we just feel like that. We feel like, like we're in a space of desert. We're in a place of isolation, a place of loneliness, where things are not going the way they're supposed to be. But it says we'll make rivers, we'll bring life. When rivers come into something, it comes with life. It's not just water. A river comes with life. It comes with all those, or everything that will cause that environment to grow and be productive. And that's what God is saying He's going to do. So whatever area of our lives that seems dry, that seems chaotic, that seems uncertain, you know, God is saying He's turning those situations around. So there's nothing unlimited by this. So again, it's very important that we don't just keep our mind consumed just on the new thing. Because He has promised He will do it. It's very important that we remember that it is the one who will do the new thing that we should keep our eyes on. We behold the Father, not just the gift. We behold the gift giver. You know, I kept coining the word gifter. I was trying to find out if that, well, the dictionary was like, nope, that is an error. But I choose to want, I want to behold the gifter of the gift. I want to behold the one that has all the new thing that I ever will need. But more than that, I want to build a new relationship. I want to express a new relationship with him. Amen. More than what he can give us materialistically, Amen. you know, spiritually. But you go, desire a new walk with him. A new interaction with him. A new experience of him. Because often when we are believing for the new, it's often external. It's often, you know, the material thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. God is, the, you know, he's a faithful father. But how beautiful will it be to have an Enochian relationship with him? Enoch walked with God until he was no more. How beautiful will, you, will it be for you to walk with God until your flesh, your sick, your desire is no more? So I pray that as we focus on that word again, you know, when God says, speaks, we hear twice. But when he's spoken, like, I don't know how many times we've heard this word. This is like the fifth time or the sixth time, and I'm sure there'll be much more. That means he wants to do it in a way that will outstand us. But it all starts with us. How are we going to you know, experience that word? Are we just going to take that word for what we can get at that moment? Or are we going to allow him to unfold it in, in the treasure that he has hidden for ready for us? I pray that we will not miss out what God is doing because we are so focused on the gift in Jesus' name. But we will, do, we will give, put our eyes on the, on, the, on the one who does the new thing in Jesus' name. 
Father, we just thank you for your word. We're just going to thank you. Just go ahead and thank him. And you let's just use that Bible passage, that Isaiah 43 verse 19, to pray into our life. That Lord, according to your word, O oh Lord Almighty God, that we, you will behold. And I don't want us to ever again neglect that word, behold. Let behold come before the, the behold that we read that, that is in the Bible. Let it come before the expectation of the new. Father, we want to behold you. We want to behold your, your presence, your glory, your love, your heart, O oh Lord. We want to behold your joy of being in your presence, O oh Lord. Father, we want to behold what you're doing in our life, in our midst, in our church, O oh Lord. We want to behold what you're doing in our world, O oh Lord. We want to behold you because you're good and you're faithful, O oh Lord. We don't want to just behold you because of what you want to do for us. We are grateful for that. But we want to behold you, God. We don't want to look through you, God. We want to look at you, Jesus, O oh Lord. We don't want to use you for what we can, but we want to experience a deeper walk with you, O oh Lord. I call it the Enochian walk, O oh Lord, where we walk with you until we become no more, until our selfishness, our self-seeking, our, our flesh becomes no more, O oh Lord. And we are spiritual like you. We are one with you, O oh Lord. Father, we pray for the grace to behold you like never, O oh Lord. We pray that as we behold you, Lord, and we experience this intimate walk with you, O oh Lord, every other promise accordingly will unfold into our life, O oh Lord. That new walk, that new beginning, that new opportunity, whatever the new could be and is for us, O oh Lord, that you have in mind for us, O oh Lord. Father, we pray that we would experience it and nothing will stop us, O oh Lord. No everlasting doors and gates will stop the new thing that you're doing in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Oh Lord, you said that, Father, Lord, that you to spring forth, O oh Lord. Father, we pray that, that you said that we will know it. Father, help us to know what you're doing, O oh Lord. Help us to be tuned in with what you're doing so we do not miss it, O oh Lord. Father, help us to be tuned in with what you're doing so that we do not mess it up, O oh Lord. Never let it spring forth. Let it happen suddenly, O oh Lord. Give us an expectation of Suddenly, oh Lord. <coughs> Father, we just thank you, oh Lord. We thank you for all that you've promised us to do. Father, we thank you for the new things. We thank you for beholding. We thank you for your world that is coming to life more than ever in our lives, O oh Lord. We thank you for your world that is going from just mere world to spirit and life within us, O oh Lord. We thank you for the manifestation of your manifestation of your word in our life, O oh Lord Almighty God. We will not miss it, O oh Lord. We will not be ignorant, O oh Lord. We will not take the, 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 the instructions and the revelation and cast it aside, O oh Lord. Father, we will connect to what you're doing. We will connect to who you are, O oh Lord. Father, we thank you, O oh Lord, for the made the way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert that you've promised to do, Lord. We give you whole adoration. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus.